0: I'm Dr. Future, your host. I invite you to join me as together we experience a future quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I'm Dr.
1: Future. And I'm Tom, 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 Bionic.
0: It's almost like a Tums commercial instead of time. <laughs> it's good to be back with you, brother. Yeah, man. How are you doing? Doing fine. Being back with all of our brethren, uh-huh. our brethren and sistren uh, in Futurians and our audience of Future Quake this week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just good to always be back with you all. We love you all. We know you all love us mm-hmm. as we all stumble looking through a mirror darkly together, trying to figure out what's going on around mm-hmm. us and what the Lord's up to and what we need to be up to, mm-hmm. and including our thought life, too um it's been a few weeks since we've had a chance to have mm-hmm. our regular kind of new show mm-hmm. we had uh, brother tim mormon come in a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and then we had a pre-recorded show last week mm-hmm. and uh so we're back to our regular scene of things yeah what's going on in your life brother
1: well you know same sort of kind of same sort of gig um but i'll tell you i'll tell you what's cool is uh you got a
0: got a word for our <clears> listeners <throat> something kind of you lift, know lift them up
1: um you know instead of trying to focus on being uh trying to be Christians just like be Christians instead of trying to focus on trying to be like sons of you know, sons of the father just be the be the son you know mm-hmm. and that's re- been really 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 helpful for me uh you know all of this stuff that happens and you know mm-hmm. like obviously you should try not to sin and all that stuff but mm-hmm. like you know, when stuff, you know, here's a practical example. Mm-hmm. When stuff enters your mind, you know, instead of feeling guilty about it, just realize, hey, wait a minute, man, that's not me because mm-hmm. that's not any part of God. And then just be like, thanks. Thanks, Lord, for making me the way you did. I know mm-hmm. this stuff going through my mind is not of you. And once you yeah. realize that, it's like, oh, I don't have to feel guilty about that. I don't have to feel yeah. shameful about that.
0: Satan's the one who's making you feel that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know it could be the flesh, but even in the flesh, it's right. interesting. You go back to Genesis three, I was checking that out, and in yeah. Genesis three you know uh Adam doesn't you know when when God says "What's going on God you know he doesn't say, "I ate the apple or no, I didn't He says it was that woman, <laughs> yeah yeah, who' made me eat the apple i e God it's your fault right you know it's the woman that you gave me right right, and uh so even in that, it seems like we may have picked up a little, little mm-hmm. bit of this, like you know, the the enemy's nature there. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not a theologian. I just play one on TV. Yeah, but the, You're point the is one I know. Yeah. <laughs> the point is, the point is, is you know, trying to be a son is like really helpful. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, when people are doing bad stuff to you, realizing that they're not coming from a place where they have the spirit of God. You know, mm-hmm. we should have mercy on them and not. Yeah. Try and kill him. That one's harder well, for me That's I forget that one more.
0: Interesting theme because I've been doing a lot of thinking about that this weekend and mm-hmm. uh, had an interesting experience. If you don't mind, maybe I'll take a little I to tell you about gonna, this weekend. Yeah, man. Lay it on Let our if, listeners Yeah, and it relates to, us, to a story here. But I have some bookkeeping <laughs> to do, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Since it's been three weeks or so since we uh, have been doing our news, I want to say a quick thank you to a bunch of people who have been getting some books. Um and this, this money helps us in a lot of ways. It includes our expenses for doing the show. And it even helped out a little bit with some data I was collecting this weekend mm-hmm. on something I'll be sharing with our listeners. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate people who do this to sort of help us out on this end. I just want to mention, um, um uh, Sister, Sister uh, Bonnie, mm-hmm. uh, S- Sister Bonnie actually made a, uh, bought the two book set. That we're just about out of, mm-hmm. which has uh, Judge Andrew Napolitano's book "Lies of Government Told You," which goes about really the whole history of how our government lies in every facet of its involvement with us and, and mm-hmm. documents it. And also Brother Andrew Hoffman's uh, "The New World Order and Eugenics Wars." Mm-hmm. And you can get it at the front of FutureQuick.com. And uh, sh- she uh, she bought one of those sets. And also we have two other books that I've written part of. One of them's called. Um, Uh, How to Overcome the Most Frightening Issues You Will Face This Century. Mm -hmm. It's an anthology, a bunch of other people. A lot of future quake guests have written into it. And the other one is Pandemonium's Engine. Mm -hmm. And it's about the transhumanism thing. And I write on probable prophecy. And I want to thank for some folks who ordered those books Gary in Florida, uh, Chris in Pennsylvania, um, Dave in I believe that's Illinois. Uh, Doug in Illinois and Rainy in California. So I just want mm-hmm. to thank you all for that very, very much for, for helping support us. Those books are still available. Mm-hmm. We're about out of stickers, the Future Quake stickers. I'd like to hear back from some of you all if you like those. They're uh, maybe cool we'll get Futurian Bob to make some more for us, but those are a free little gift for the time being until so we're just about out, but, uh, that are going in there. And, uh, got word that the, um, Future Congress conference DVDs are available.
1: They be up, yo. And
0: they've compiled them into sets on different topics that are uh-huh. available. And the sets are like uh one of them's on conspiracy talks and you have one on uh false flag terrorism mm-hmm. in there. I have and this is a video uh DVDs, and then I have one on um uh holy war, um what's really behind it between the mm-hmm. Muslims and Christians. And then there's another set on supernatural, uh, issues. And yours is in there on sleep paralysis. Mine is in there on sorcery and spirit portals. So, if you all would like us to carry those DVDs, uh, I think the one that has 14 is gonna, it's retail 13, 39.95. The one with, uh, 11 DVDs, I believe it is, is 34.95. Which is really not bad for that many DVDs. Yep. Presentations. And those presentations, run from like an hour and a half or whatever like that each I believe if I remember right mm-hmm. so if uh if y'all be interested in that drop us a line at drfuture at com. let us know if you have been interested in buying them if so uh, we'll make sort of a big investment to buy them we have to buy them in advance uh, but we make them available for you all so just let us know mm-hmm. any announcements you've got for our listeners anything um, to make them aware of
1: can't think of anything
0: Check out our other shows on Revelations Radio Network. Be sure and check our other friends. Yeah. Uh, one Don't sh-
1: hang out just here. There's lots of good yeah. people doing lots of good work.
0: Yeah. There's a whole bunch of good shows. One show that I've really been enjoying lately is Revelation Radio News. Yeah. With uh, uh Andrew Hoffman and Tim. And uh that's a great show. That's, that's it's really- good, man. I they was, got our
1: they got our sense of humor. It seems like sometimes.
0: Uh, well, they're just really sharp. And I was listening to them in the future mobile uh, coming back because I just uh, went on a trip and uh, uh, talked to you a little bit briefly in the car about it. Can I tell our listeners? Yeah, I was going to say you bit? keep you keep stringing us you know out, bro. You gotta. Well, uh, bring the bacon. This weekend it was sort of a wild hare. I happened to see something on the internet at the last second mm. and. Found out that they were having the value voter summit this weekend. By the Washington, way, I'm glad you
1: didn't ask me to go because I would have been like, I've got to go. Well, they would have been. I yeah. just
0: figured you had to work. I just, I just didn't know if you'd get out of work at this stage. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, but somebody who I can usually ask when I don't have to worry about work situation mm-hmm. that I can ask at the last nanosecond is Robert Hyde.
1: Yeah. He'll be down to do whatever.
0: <laughs> so I asked Robert Hyde and, and as always, he said, you know, sure enough. And so uh, dropped Pyro off with his grandparents in Louisville and picked up Robert Hyde and did uh, about a a 12-hour drive over to Washington, D.C., and uh, went to the uh, Value Voter Summit. Now, that is the straw poll that they have that is supposed to be the consensus Mm -hmm. of the Christian community on the value voting of the Christian goody-two-shoe people of who they want. Mm -hmm. And um, so they had all the candidates spoke there, all of them, plus a bunch of people who we sort of track and talk about on our show. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so we went there, and and we could vote. Because we registered, you could actually vote. So uh, Robert and I placed our votes there. Uh, but the real story of it, and this is a story you won't hear in the media, but we were there watching it, was that, um, for example, when Ron Paul went to speak, there was mm-hmm. probably, I don't know, I'd say 20,000, 2,000 people in the room. Wow. I'd say 80% of them stood to their feet when he came and spoke. And we we didn't get in time to hear every single person, but we heard Michelle Bachman and Mitt Romney and a few others, you mm-hmm. know, presidential candidates. But I can tell you, Ron Paul was the only one of any of the candidates who actually talked out of the Bible about where his positions came from. Who would have thunk it? He, he actually, yeah. And, you know, he normally has zero support. From the quote value voter, religious right people, because he doesn't like to kill people. Mm-hmm. And that's a prerequisite for them. But, um, he talked about, you, know, you remember in, in, uh, was it the book, I guess it was the book of Samuel when the people wanted a king and God told Samuel, says, look, oh, yeah, yeah. they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. He says, here's what the people will happen when they get a king about how, how a king will actually conscript their sons and daughters and force them into a draft, send them into foreign wars, uh, confiscate their property, raise their taxes. And basically, Ron Paul says the people have to decide, is that what they want? Do they want a king or do they want to live like free people like they were doing up to that time? Mm -hmm. Which a lot of Christians think that the days of the judges was like some bad time for Israel. But really, that was sort of the... What God had planned them to live.
1: Yeah, I mean, from a from a uh, governmental thing, that's kind of what they were supposed to do. You know, the, the Israelites just didn't yeah. take them up on it.
0: I mean, somebody, you could say, well, eventually we knew King David had to come along. And Jesus would come from that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I mean, we knew it was going to happen. But the fact is, God did not promote a king for Israel. And, and he was more of a libertarian lifestyle where they had tribal government. And they're supposed to do their own things. And the only times they even needed to do centralized action was for war. Mm -hmm. And that was because they disobeyed God. When they disobeyed God and Midianites or somebody come, you know, persecute them, then they'd have to to do that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, he spoke from that. He talked about the New Testament, about uh, what Jesus meant by the golden rule, and about doing to others as you'd have them do unto you. And he says our government should, yeah, yeah, and and the, the old guard people there just didn't know how to handle any of that. But it was just like I said, about 80% of people stood up every time he was making these points, and you can probably find it on YouTube somewhere. I'd recommend people go listen to it mm-hmm. if you're on the fence about a guy like this. About well, does he really show Christian values? Well, he's a guy who actually went through the Bible to talk about where he where he came from. But now here's the interesting thing: um, they had a little booths set up. Okay, mm-hmm. most of the booths were things about Sharia law, how they had to stop it. There's a big conference on Sharia law in Nashville, by the way, in a few weeks, if you're not doing anything. All the big name people are going to be there Pamela Geller, a bunch of other ones. So, um, anyway, um, but that was, you know, in fact, of the young people there, all the young people seemed to only stand up with Ron Paul. Yeah. And there was only a handful of other young people, and they were affiliated with Liberty University. They were around the Liberty University booth, and, you know, were trying to get into the different. You know, major groups like Family Research Council ran this. This is their okay. baby running. Yeah. it. But now the interesting thing that happened: Robert Hyde and I were coming down in the morning in the elevator, and it was just he and I and some guy who turned out to be one of the top big wigs in Family Research Council. In fact, he was chairing one of the sessions we saw later. Mm-hmm. Well, I asked him in the elevator. I said, um, "So, what's the big story this weekend at at this?" Because, you know, they're doing a straw poll and they're going to announce who they endorse. Mm-hmm. He says, well, he looked real worried. He says, it looks like Ron Paul has a lot of people here for him here. And he was all worried looking about it. And I said, well, how do you think he's going to do in a straw poll? And he says, well, he says, I'm afraid he might actually win it. And uh, I said, well, well, what do you think would be the significance or ramifications of that? And he says, I don't know. He said, but we're having meetings right now. And we're trying to figure out how we can spin this for the media.
1: Bearing false witness. Da, 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 that's what da, that da, is, da, isn't it? Yeah.
0: For Christian Christian people, Christian organization, you're trying to deceive the public and make something to look like something it's not. I mean, that's that's bearing false
1: witness. Um, yeah, I mean, it depends on how far they spin it, but Yeah.
0: But it's still, they're trying to make it something other than what it obviously was and what we witnessed there. Yeah,
1: I noticed, I noticed when I did a search on it, it was awful hard to come up with any info on, uh, value voters. In fact, let me try that again. Well, I've
0: got a story, I've got a story I can read on it, I can tell you, but, and it's disturbing, but, um, Uh, I talked to a few people there and, uh, they didn't, they didn't really have any of the basics down. They didn't understand anything about finance. They talked about how much everybody was wowed by Herman Cain's speech in the 999 plan. And I was talking to one of the ladies.
1: 999.
0: It sounds like. turn yeah, it, upside, here well, or it upside down. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, uh, this lady was like one of the main reporters that was covering it, you know, for a Christian organization. Uh-huh. And, uh, she says, yeah, that's really, really great. And I says, well, wouldn't that do a huge increase on the poor? Because they'd be paying a flat nine percent tax plus another nine percent sales tax, which is a lot more than they pay now. I said, now the the big business will go down from like thirty-three percent to nine percent, but this is what what the other folk will pay. And it just didn't compute with her. She says, well, they just told us that it would be better. And she said, what 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 they what they say is, she says, the more money you give the rich, and more you tax the poor, the better it is for the poor.
1: Only, only when you're way out on the edge of the laughter curve. Not in the United States. Yes.
0: Well, that's, that's what her, th- that's what their theory was, is that wow. if you gave a big break to the rich, that that would actually be helping the poor. And, uh, so it was fascinating to talk to folk about what was going on, but I think it, it really showed the beginning of the end of th- this right-wing coalition. People who I had admired years ago. Because they're so out of touch with the people that were there Mm -hmm. that that they were willing to sort of disguise and twist. But I have a story that they put it in writing, what they did. Um, Is it
1: that one he forwarded to me? Yeah. If you don't mind, I'd like to share it with our listeners. That's a heavy uh, one. Not in a good way, but heavy because it's like so deceptive.
0: I couldn't sleep all weekend.
1: Uh-huh. I was so... Well, it was a lot of things. A ton of You dryer. never can sleep. As soon as you get out one step away from your bed, it's no, like... No, that's not true. Oh, that's my not, gosh. That's can't not true. can't sleep. Uh,
0: but, yeah, I haven't been feeling well because of my sinus problems. But, mm-hmm. but I was just disturbed, and I think it's because I just see the church so out of touch. And the story I share, well, actually... Show that further, but anyway, that's enough of that. If you'd rather go on and do your story with yours, go on and no, jump no, in. No,
1: no, no. Why don't you start with an intro like that? Do you want me to just sort of I'll close
0: on this and I'll drop it? Well, I this. mean,
1: well, you know, however you want to do it.
0: Well, this you're, you're I got. Interesting. I've got something here which is a a report from somebody who she sort of sees herself as sort of big and and the right wing uh, religious right mm-hmm. uh, blogger on it. But she embedded in here the story that CBS News reported. And this was after, again, what I told you a witness there at the meeting, which it was just overwhelming, Ron Paul people, uh, yeah. 80% in the room. Wonderful people. Robert and I met a couple of them, you know. Um,
1: Any future Quake fans?
0: No, but hopefully making some more. <laughs> yeah. new ones. No, yeah. no, no, no. They had more useful things to do, I'm sure. Uh, it says here, this, this came from... Um, CBS News, value voter straw poll organizers suggest a fix and want Ron Paul's win. Rep. Representative Ron Paul scored a decisive victory Saturday in a mock presidential election at the value voter summit, trouncing fellow Texan Rick Perry. But an organizer of the straw poll suggested ballot stuffing may have skewed the results. Okay, it says in a press conference following the announcement of the straw poll results, at the annual Washington gathering of social conservatives. Now, this is the first time I've ever seen them do this. Mm-hmm. Family Research Council President Tony Perkins all but dismissed the results as irrelevant, citing 600 people who registered Saturday morning and, as he said, left after Ron Paul spoke. Which, if that was true, now he doesn't know if they left or not. How was he going to know? But even if that was true, that was all within the rules. People were coming and going all the time, but mm-hmm. they could stay. Okay, it says a total of 1,983 ballots were cast. You do the math, Perkins said. So he has some problem with Ron Paul people who come and vote. And I, I don't know what that problem is. If,
1: if they it, bought tickets, they bought tickets. He's, like all the other candidates. Ron Paul's campaign didn't buy tickets. Yeah, well, yeah, Individual they, supporters they, bought tickets, and that's sort of the yeah. point of the the poll.
0: Well, he'll elaborate further. It says, a year ago in the same contest, Paul, and this is him talking, mm-hmm. Paul came in second to last. Now, just remember, this is the same group that told told us in the elevator that they were going to have to put a spin on these results. Well, you're seeing the spin in action here, okay? Mm-hmm. He says, uh, speaking briefly with reporters before the straw poll results were announced, the Republican lawmaker said, oh, this is Ron Paul saying, mm-hmm. if I win... It wouldn't be as important to the media than if I lose, and he elaborated on that further before. If 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 he loses the straw poll, they'll they'll say, oh, he's irrelevant. This was a major poll, you know, like the Florida one. Yeah. But the ones where he wins, they say, oh, those are irrelevant. Just like Family mm-hmm. Research Council, because he won the California straw poll, yeah, Texas straw poll. They say, oh, well, that 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 doesn't mean anything, you know. Um, and and, and I re- regardless who it is, Ron Paul could be anybody. The religious the religious right-wing conservative people are in this. It's all distorting it, even for their fellow Christians. It says, uh, um, this is in the story, it says, Paul has a history of scoring unlooked-for uh, straw poll wins by packing the electric with dialogue supporters. But Perkins said it's too early to take much away from Paul's win. Let me just take you back four years ago to this event, when we had a straw poll. Mitt Romney won that straw poll. He said, "I think people are still in the process of deciding where they want to go." So he's basically dismissing the utility of the whole event that he sponsored, mm-hmm. and saying that you know the uselessness of he's it. He's
1: throwing himself under the
0: bus because of his hatred for Ron Paul. Yeah. Okay. It says Paul. Ron Sweet. Paul got 37 percent of the vote. The rest of the ballot showed how widely social conservatives' support splintered amongst the rest of the field. Two other conservative favorites, Herman Kane and Rick Santorum, took second and third place, with twenty three percent for Kane and sixteen percent for Santorum. Perry and Botman got eight percent apiece and then it went down from there. It says for Perry, who's struggling to gain momentum after some disappointing showings and debates and polls, the results represent a disappointment. Uh he was counting on voters who share socially conservative views to help power his candidacy. Um he didn't get the ringing endorsement he might have wished out of the Value, value Voter Summit. Um, it says, instead, the gathering put Perry in the midst of a controversy when a Dallas pastor introduced him Friday, told reporters that Romney's Mormon faith is a cult and not Christian.
1: Uh, How is that controversial? Well, what, what's controversial about that?
0: That it's a cult, Mormonism. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I guess that really wasn't what they were counting on as like the theme of the of the uh Well, I mean, even the talk about cults. it's funny,
1: man. Even the even the federal government has a definition of orthodox Christianity, yeah. Uh, and they do that just to be able to define what's in and what's out, you know. Yeah, well, for and, a
0: census or something. Uh,
1: yeah, and you know, a trinitarian belief is basic to even the federal government's oh. understanding of that. So I uh, he's yet. not saying he's not saying anything. That's, it's not even recognized by the government yeah. as a Christian thing, even though some people who sort of pin Christian on their things are trying to bring Mormons into the fold to make yeah. a some type of a you know argument.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, he calls it caused a big. That, they try to divert that as the big story there. Well, um, now Perkins is one who, who said that they they messed with the the, the polling, although. I'm mm. Robert and I observed all the bodies, actual physical bodies, you know, that were voting. Mm-hmm. This wasn't some mirage. But Perkins even uh, gives further integrity to it. Tony Perkins, he said, his organization did everything to preserve the integrity of this straw poll, including denying campaigns from buying blocks of tickets, which they attempted to do this year. But Santorum on Friday seemed dubious and told the National Journal that his success in the polls would depend on how many people, how many campaigns try to buy a bunch of tickets and then try to stack the poll. The victory for the longtime congressman and three-time presidential contender over his Republican rivals in the presidential contest was all the more surprising uh, because Paul's principled libertarianism sometimes puts him at odds with the views of social conservatives on issues such as gay marriage and drug laws. But in a speech hours before the straw poll results were announced, Paul argued that his staunch physical conservatism and dogmatic views on liberty were in tune with family values and the Bible. And again, he spoke directly from the Bible about that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you can oblige me one more thing, I want to add. I want that was the actual story released by CBS. The this lady Donna Garner, and I, I think I forwarded this to you, right? You you looked at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I called her the church lady because she sort of looked like a church lady kind of woman. If you remember me, you know, picture Saturday Night Live. I was going to say Dana Carvey. She has that kind she of. She looks uh, like
1: Dana Carvey. You're saying? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, she, uh, she says here, Ron Paul supporter stuffed ballot box. Uh, she says the uh, the people who attended the Value Voters Summit in Washington, D.C. this weekend, uh, she's a strong religious right conservative, mm-hmm. are some of the most conservative voters in the country. It is ridiculous to think that this group of conservatives would have chosen Ron Paul in the straw poll if the straw poll had been conducted under secure conditions. Ron Paul is out of step with conservative Republicans he thought al-, 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 al alawaki should have been given a trial in american court as an american citizen american citizen, citizen. that yeah. we would have courts to have your hearing if there's facts about you yeah. and that's she's saying religious right people which she agree i mean that's what most of the activists religious right they think that that's so they all hate hogwash and trials they yeah. hate courts and trials instead of being considered a war criminal and killed with a drone
1: when it says when it says don't have don't bring your You know, don't bring your your argument before a court or a judge. You know, it doesn't say in the Bible, like, (laughs) just Just preemptively kill them. Yeah.
0: You know, I sense these people are much like the masses through that dog and pony trial that Jesus had. They didn't even want that trial. They're just like, crucify him. Yeah. That's the mindset of the Christian community in America. Uh, Ron Paul believes in allowing Iran to have its own nuclear bomb and portrays Iran as being bullied by America. In other words, that Iran is sovereign, as opposed to our belief that we can control the actions of all nations. Yeah, well, and I don't, think he's, I don't
1: think he's actually said that. That's just, you know, he's just said, look, we're going to be hands off. And so that means... They're a sovereign nation. Yeah. And unless they attack
0: us. Paul also said he would not order the killing of Osama bin Laden, which he said he would put him on trial. Uh, in nineteen eighty seven when Ron Paul was preparing to run as a third party candidate, he publicly resigned from the Republican Party and even had the nerve to blame Ronald Reagan for his leaving. The nerve. Ron Paul teamed up with far left wing liberal homosexual Congressman Barney Frank to support the federal legalization of marijuana. Why would Ron Paul have made an unholy alliance unholy with one of the most detested Democrats in Congress? Okay, it's unholy because it would be a Democrat be involved. Yeah. Ron Paul told the attendees at the Value Voter Summit that he is in tune with biblical values, but I and many other conservatives take issue with his statement. Please read the comments by Tony Perkins of Family Research Council. And then he says, she says that he verbalizes his belief that in spite of precautions taken by their personnel, the Ron Paul supporters evidently bought blocks of tickets and stuffed the ballot box. It was ludicrous for anyone to think that Ron Paul could have won the Value Voters Straw Poll fair and square. She has no proof; she's yeah. just making an accusation of a terribly unethical thing done without any proof whatsoever.
1: Well, what was it? what was the first line she said up there? I think.
0: Uh, it is ridiculous to think that oh. this group of conservatives.
1: Uh, yeah, if if we just stop there, never mind. I'm not going to make yeah. that joke.
0: Yeah, she says, Paul claims to be pro-life and even says right to life is the foundation for all rights in the Constitution. Many conservatives agree with Paul when he says life does begin at conception and abortion is an act of violence. The problem is he does not mean it. Ron Paul is really pro-choice on the state level. That is the purpose of his sanctity of life bill. Where does she get that? He has always been pro-life. Now he says that states should be the ones in power to do this and mm-hmm. really it's to circumvent the Supreme Court. Yeah. Where the where the the states can actually deal on this. Yeah. He's the only one of these guys who's ever put in pro life legislation, to my knowledge, in Congress. Mm-hmm. Uh uh let's see. Uh well, um Ronald Paul is, has never supported a federal right, right to life constitutional amendment. He has repeatedly said federal law banning abortion across fifty states would be invalid. He said anti abortion laws are pointless and will not stop abortions. What he's done is he said the states are the proper jurisdiction to regulate right? yeah. them. Um uh, trying to see what I'll see. Basically, uh that's basically what she said. So
1: she's super angry and But the reason why I read that is that
0: she goes on and on and on. It's this really bitter, bitter tone. And I'm thinking, you know, probably in many cases it's worse than the American right-wing church where I've come from. Or like church lady. I think they're starting to sound more like Westboro Baptist Church. Well, I mean... I think it's only a difference of degree. You're going to have
1: nutcases in any movement. But, I mean, this whole
0: value voters group, the bitterness that they all have because... They didn't have the candidates that they control, and the ones that actually want to extend American empire around the world mm-hmm. and drop bombs on anywhere around the world that they feel the urge to, mm-hmm. and create theocracy. That you you cannot be have values no matter how much you cite your opinions out of the Bible, you cannot have the values that they are the gatekeepers for. Yeah, you know, know. they're it's the like... ones who make the decisions, and I don't see how they're that much different than in, in Westboro. I'm equally offended by them. Now, they have not gotten where they say bad things for veterans that die because they they love war. So, you know, they love the warrior. So so they don't do that. But aside from that, this same kind of tone, I can understand where people are outside the church, outside of, you know, the Christian communion of faith. Yeah. Look at this kind of stuff and say, why would I want to be a part of that? Yeah, I don't, I don't why do know why this is bitterness? like such a big revelation to you. It's not really revel. It's just that. It's just like, oh my gosh, why don't they see it? Why don't I mean? It's like I just keep thinking. Well, maybe I'm I'm overreacting. Maybe it's like not as bad, you know. Maybe I just don't get it, you know.
1: Hmm.
0: Maybe I make them out to look worse than they are. But I can tell you, Robert Hyde was is equally disturbed by what he saw. Not
1: that we weren't prepared, you know. Yeah. To um, know that, but you just see maybe, it's so
0: un-Christian.
1: Maybe it's just my background, but I mean, I don't know. I I've, I've said this on the show before. I remember going to my yeah. first ever Wednesday night Bible study thinking, "Okay, so I know that Christianity is true, that you know, yeah. the Bible is the word of God and that Jesus came out of the tomb." However, like pretty much everything I see around me is people saying they're Christians but yeah. acting false. dudes and dudes in uh in, uh, you know, really nice suits talking about feeding the homeless and, you know, it's, it's just on and on and on, all the stuff that, you, and so, uh, maybe that's, maybe I kind of came from that perspective and, yeah. was in, I don't know, but, uh, it just doesn't, it, it's, I'm sort of like so. You were, like, much more pragmatic, uh, you know, about it. Yeah, I mean, I just came, it just I came, me. I came from a place where it wasn't, Part of the culture, I guess. Yeah,
0: these are the people, though, that when the regular world thinks of evangelicals, they think of these leaders because they're the most vocal. And it's all about big money. It's just Uh all about money with these folk And -hmm. if it doesn't work out with the people, you know, they don't have the support of the people. The overwhelming majority of the people there did not support, except most of the oldest gray-haired people. Everybody else was not in support what they're doing, but they got a few billionaires who are funding them, so they keep showing up, doing their thing, getting their attention. But, I mean, they have no conscience mm-hmm. about rigging stuff, misleading people and this kind of stuff. Yeah. And doing it institutionally. It's not like a crime of passion of one of them. They decide internally that's what they're going to do.
1: Yeah. Why, I, why is that such a big big deal well, i mean
0: we need to be warning other people in the church that, that are doing? influenced by these people
1: that's what we're doing right now well,
0: we i'm talking to our futurians need to do it you guys need to do it too yeah don't be <laughs> listeners of the future <laughs> but doers all, uh, as well of course i know y'all get kicked in the head from what i hear from yeah, you all at your churches but we got to be more vocal and also let people at other churches know that this is not us and mm-hmm. you know, at least not one I think we're into mm-hmm. give us a story, sorry, I rattle on. all right, but that was a that was a fascinating thing to witness this weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, it was a, it was like that national religious broadcasters, you saw all big bucks getting thrown in all this fancy stuff mm-hmm. that I saw some dinners for these groups these these are Christian groups, mm-hmm. man, you should have seen the fancy stuff they had in these banquet rooms, mm-hmm. of course, you had to buy extra expensive tickets, you know yeah. fundraisers. But boy, it was pretty fancy digs they had going. Sure, on there. I'm, I'm sure. A lot of widows' mites being contributed, you know, yep. to support some of these ministries.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, I mean, I've got a number of stories here, and, and I'm just going to go with, I'm just going to go with this one. Homeland Security moves forward with pre-crime detection. Okay. Thanks. Uh, an internal U.S. Department of Homeland Security document indicates that a controversial program designed to predict whether a person will commit a crime is already being tested on some members of the public voluntarily, a, C- a CNET has learned. If this sounds a bit like Tom Cruise uh, in the movie called Minority Report or the CBS drama Person of Interest, it is, but where Minority report author Philip K. Dick enlists psychics to predict crimes, DHS is betting on algorithms. It's building a prototype screening facility that it hopes will use factors such as ethnicity, gender, breathing, and heart rate to detect cues in indicative of malintent. The latest developments, which reveal efforts to collect, process, or retain information on public members of the public, came to light through an internal DHS document obtained under open government laws by the Electronic Privacy Information Center. DHS calls, it pre-crime, uh, calls its pre-crime system future attributive screening technology, or FAST. If it were deployed against the public, it would be very problematic. Well, who else are they going to deploy yeah, it against? Right. Uh, says Ginger McCall, open government counsel at EPIC, a nonprofit group in Washington, D.C., Um, It's unclear why the June 2010 DHS document specified that information is currently collected or retained on members of the public as part of FAST, and a department representative declined to answer questions that CNET posed two days ago. Let me repeat that. It's unclear why the June 2010 DHS document, and it has a PDF link there, specified that information is currently collected or retained on members of, quote, the public, unquote, as part of FAST, and a department representative uh, declined to answer questions that CNET posed two days ago. Elsewhere in the document, FAST program manager Robert Middleton, Jr., refers to a limited initial trial using DHS employees as test subjects. Middleton says that FAST sensors will non-intrusively collect video images, audio recordings, and physio, psychophysiological measurements from the employees, with a subgroup of employees singled out with their permission for more rigorous evaluation. Um, And it just kind of goes on and on uh, about that. It's, you know, they're doing all sorts of wacky stuff. Um, Oh, uh, here's an update that was just posted. Uh, Update. Um, A Homeland Security spokesman has just provided this additional statement to CNET, the FAST program is entirely voluntary and does not store any personally identifiable information from partic- participants once the experiment is completed. The system is not designed to capture or store uh, personally identifiable information. Any information that is gathered is stored under an anonymous identifier and is only available to DHS's aggregated performance data. It is gathered when people sign up as volunteers, not by the FAST system. So anyway, they're they're doing it but mm-hmm. they seem to be in a in a memo in twenty ten that says that they were collecting data on people already from the public. Hmm. And uh they won't touch that one with a ten foot pole. So hmm. what do you think is the significance of that? Oh I'm sure it's very minor, you know, no big deal. They actually well, the significance obviously is it seems that Homeland Security is now moving forward with a minority report style system to um Assess whether or not you're a criminal before you actually commit a criminal act. Okay.
0: You think we could be pre-screened? You and I could.
1: I, n- I already right know now. that I was pre-screened because I got, like, a credit card in the mail. I said <laughs> that. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. You're a pretty exclusive club. Yeah. Yeah. actually going to be an it air club it, for me. It's something.
1: too It's too bad, man. It's Well, that and the jelly club of the month.
0: I didn't know there was a jelly club of oh, the month. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's tough man because you know, you know, like there's the answer to all of my problems, massive debt. Yeah. fortunately I'm debt free, so it's like Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. There you have it.
0: Uh this did you hear the news? This has just uh, occurred. just a couple of hours before we began recording this show. It's mm-hmm. going to be old news for our listeners but tell them they hear this. But mm-hmm. did you hear about the the supposed uh terror bust, Iranian terror bust that they did? few hours ago and announced no well let me let me explain it to you instead of you looking on your computer here okay that uh our government announced that uh um they supposedly caught some iranian some guy connected to the iranian folk Mm. was was dealing with somebody he thought was part of a mexican drug cartel to do terrorist acts to kill like may blow up a room or something like that to mm-hmm. kill an ambassador to Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. an Israeli ambassador, and, a, and some, some other folk, and that they think he he says he was connected to part of like the Republican Guards, El Kud Rep, Republican Guard, in in Iran, mm-hmm. and so they had an announcement of it today, even though he was caught like the 26th of September, and uh, they're saying that you know this is a provocation, an act of war that that iran's doing and so now they're debating on what they're going to do of course people will know more by the time they hear this show but that just came out this afternoon so it's
1: interesting uh so
0: hmm and one thing that no i checked all the different like the the, the news uh wires and cable news one thing nobody is asking is and, and by the way the iranian government has come out and denied that they had anything to do with it and nobody's believing them but nobody seems to ask why would the Iranian government want to do this how would this further their aims to to do these things blowing up an American soul, these particular figures, if they were behind it
1: because they hate our freedom
0: yeah, and just blowing up some people that would cause us to bomb them in the stone age would further their interest in their yeah. aims yeah,
1: they hate our freedom
0: I mean, why would that make any sense unless they're complete buffoons, but they want to do that? Now, if we look at history, we could see agents of other countries who may be concerned with them, that it would behoove them to, you know, lead these kind of acts, make sure they happen through proxies, and blame it on the Iranians. Mm Mm-hmm. And in fact, this guy just says, well, yeah, well, the guy was one of the Iranian agents that said, you know, was doing it on their behalf. This guy could be like a Lee Harvey Oswald. H- how could he know he was dealing with the Iranians? Mm-hmm. And it made me think of the Levant affair or Operation uh, Susanna, yeah. where the Israeli agents went down and basically portrayed themselves as being Egyptian agents to blow up American and Egyptian targets mm-hmm. in Egypt. To blame it on the Egyptians.
1: That's that's a typical, that's a typical uh, false flag thing. You that makes even, sense. You Ehud mean. Barak yeah. like, dressed as a woman to to rub out a Palestinian guy in Syria.
0: You're not kidding
1: me. I'm not kidding you. Ehud, Ehud Barak, Barak dressed as a as a female prostitute and uh, uh, had a concealed weapon and yeah. met with them and they he, that was it. Ah.
0: Well, I mean, what's really bad is when they blame it on some other innocent country. Yeah, I know. Which...
1: Innocent people are going to die once again. And I'm not
0: just blaming Israel. America has done it. Sure, the UK, sure British sure. has done it. Yeah. Russians. But like the, the King David Hotel bombing, which Menachem Begin oversaw, killed all those innocent civilians there in the hotel in Jerusalem. They were dressed as Arabs. They went in there as them, and they thought they knew that was going... But what's common when you have a patsy, like with that Oswald guy or something like that, he thinks he's dealing. I mean, he may be like an extremist, the guy. And the people who are working with him sort of let him in and tell him that he's dealing with somebody in in a government he supports, like Iran or something. Mm -hmm. But he has no idea if that's really an Iranian group. I mean, a Mossad group or any other intelligence agency could pretend to be Iranian agents dealing with him. Mm -hmm. And they use a guy like that as a patsy. Yeah, but Assum- nobody's even broached that as a possibility.
1: Assuming, assuming, yeah, assuming people—the people who telling us telling us this—are even being vaguely honest, they might very well be in on the whole thing.
0: Well, you know, and and maybe our listeners will know more by the time they they watch this. But I would just caution them to be extremely cautious about believing what they hear, and on a bunch of different levels and. I'm sure there's a lot of intelligence agents on our side that are just taking what they get and they're true blue and trying to support it. But you don't have to have everybody on board in a conspiracy like this. All you have Mm -hmm. to have is a few people. And, in fact, even the guy who they said, see, it's like one of those sting operations. Mm -hmm. There was an FBI agent pretending to be one of the cartel people, Mm -hmm. and that's where they knew it. Nothing was harmed. Nothing was sent. You know, nothing was there. But there was some guy that contacted him. That said that they'd be a conduit to get that stuff to them. Now, who that guy really was in the past, when that's happened in the U.S., it's been FBI agents doing it, and the FBI was in a sting operation doing it. So yeah,
1: I got a, I got a, oops, I got a really interesting story about that if we get to it. Well,
0: do, you, I mean, do you want to read that? If not, I'm going to talk about it. it an to preparing for a new war. So. Well, this
1: one's, this one's kind of long. Did you just read one?
0: No, Who's I was next? just giving you a little news update because i don't know if you heard it at work
1: no i didn't that's interesting that's very interesting it sounds i mean certainly sounds like it's got all the hallmarks of a false flag attack and
0: they're all on the news they're all saying basically we got to go in
1: why because of one dude
0: yeah yeah we got to go in we got to teach him a lesson it's sad and so it's mission accomplished and you know the one well i'd say there's two countries that would really like to see us go take iran out on their behalf
1: saudi arabia and israel in israel yeah. yeah saudi
0: arabia and israel and on paper they act like they're mortal enemies but behind closed doors they often work together
1: saudi arabia and israel yeah
0: hmm. yeah interesting to ba- to battle now that's the government of saudi arabia the wahhabis don't like israel but
1: no the wahhabis don't like the government of saudi arabia either. right
0: and they all don't like the, sh- the shiites of iran so yeah They have a public persona, and I'm talking about the Arabs and Israel both, and then it's a completely different thing with them all behind closed doors. Hmm. So if you want to read a story, you can. If not, I'll talk about a war coming. Oh. Something different. All right. With NATO.
1: This is from Daniel Hopsicker. Okay. Mad Cow Productions. Michael Brassington sentenced to prison. Michael Brassington was sentenced in a packed federal courtroom in New York, in Newark, New Jersey last week for the spectacular crash of one of his company's jets at uh, Tatterboro Airport outside New York City in early February of 2005. His sentencing came more than a year and a half after being convicted of multiple felonies in the crash and its aftermath, including recklessly endangering the lives of passengers who included two ex-presidents as well as numerous celebrities. Uh, everyone from Luciano Pavarotti to Keith Richards and Burt Reynolds and Snoop Doggy Dogg. Eh. <laughs> that's quite a that's quite a uh, passenger list. Yeah. Um, Brassington's Platinum Jet, an aviation charter company uh, operated out of operating out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, was illegally operating a Bombardier Challenger 600 luxury jet, which failed to take off before hurtling past the end of a runway at 200 miles an hour. Plowing through an airport perimeter fence and then plunging across a six-lane highway during the height of morning rush hour. (laughs) It's a pretty big party right there. The 10-ton plane's wings swept like a scythe across the tops of cars on the highway, nearly decapitating uh, in an instant of never-to-be-forgotten panic and stunned disbelief, several drivers and passengers on their way to work. One suffered permanent brain damage. A number received crippling injuries. The jet finally embedded itself in a fireball inside a clothing warehouse across the street where there were numerous burn victims. Uh, Yet not until three years later, right after the Bush administration left office, was Brassington charged. His remarkable, quote, good luck, unquote, with U.S. authorities would hold during his sentencing found guilty of multiple felony counts, it garnered him a featherlight sentence. As the smoke qu- clears, questions remain. Uh, had Brassington or his lawyers achieved his, this extremely favorable outcome on their own? Uh, or had somebody arranged it? And just who is Michael Francis Brassington, anyway? Um, moving on down the story here. An officer and a gentleman, after a five-week trial... A jury found Brassington guilty of conspiracy. Seven counts of lying to federal investigators and, in the most serious account, with a sentence of up to 20 years, endangering the safety of an aircraft and its passenger. Uh, a half dozen managers and employees of Platinum Jet, uh, they were also charged, but they dropped pleas. Um, uh, U.S. District Dennis McAvanaugh said he did not believe regulatory violation caused the plane to crash, stating, I'm just not satisfied from the evidence I heard that the conduct alleged caused the plane to crash. Um, uh, So, uh, conspicuously absent from the proceedings, despite Brassington's intriguing ties to well-known individuals, was the faintest hint that Brassington, a short-squat, swarthy pilot with big ears, had been operating on anyone's behalf but his own, um, and he goes on here. The record of Brassington's trial contains oddities seldom seen in countries with no tradition of steel drums or midnight coups. Mm-hmm. Three days before its scheduled start, uh, his attorney filed a pretrial motion beseeching federal judge Dennis Kavanaugh to exclude testimony mentioning Brassington in connection with terrorism or New York's Joint Terrorism Task Force. Newspapers in Guyana headlined, His sentencing and offered revealing commentary on his background. Brassington was known to move in fast company. Uh, These guys, Brassington's brother Paul, a co defendant are nephews of Peter DeGuire. Their aunt was Peter DeGuire's wife. They come from an extremely powerful old English Guyanese family that used to be very strong supporters of the United Force Party. Uh, They seem to have recently joined forces with. Uh, this is the current president of Guyana, mm-hmm. uh, Jagdeo. Uncle Peter, it was learned, controlled one of the three major political parties in Guyana. Uncle Pete was even no stranger to another of Brassington's uncles, uh, Uncle Sam, where America's CIA called on him for assistance with the CIA-sponsored 1968 coup in Guyana. Um, then, too, there's Cousin Winston. The Brassinkins are also custom Are also cousins of Winston Brassington, uh, uh, who's a collector uh, of uh, the current president's Guyanese sort of memorabilia. Uh, Cousin Winston uh, is Guyana's Minister of Privatization, one of the most lucrative jobs in the world. Winston Brasting cut a $1 billion deal to sell Guyana's bauxite resources to the biggest Russian mobster in the world, uh, Ole Derpaska. Uh, it's, and if, because of that, his company is one of the world's largest aluminum producers. And, and it goes on and on and on here. Um, but getting mm. on to the really interesting yeah, stuff. Yeah, what's the key part? Um, uh, there's all these letters, including one from, uh, um, one from the, uh, the ambassador, the ambassador to England, and mm-hmm. a bunch of other people. Um, uh, it turns out Brastington's trial and sentencing is only the latest chapter in a bazaar of brazen decade-long, uh, a brazen dr- and decade long s- crime spree in the sky. Uh, in the, just the past three years, Brastington has been the target of investigations by the U.S. government, uh, Turks and Caicos, and Guyana um and just to describe one incident here uh while returning to the US from the Bahamas Brassington got into a dust up with a rookie US customs agent James Sanders was on duty in charge although just a rookie the customs inspection on the late shift at Fort Lauderdale International Airport where Brastin flew in one Tuesday night uh he was checking his luggage and the uh, agent Sanders uh saw uh, Brassington waving a letter indignantly in his face. And uh, so we put put his name in the computer, and it comes up, and it says uh, that you had to, like, search him. He was on the information, uh, like, a he was on the bad list. Hmm. Right. Uh, so he calls. Uh, he says, so I hesitated. I said, wait a second. He has this official-looking letter that says they're going to take care of his record, but he still has an active record. So he says, I didn't know what to do, but I just had enough presence of mind to call Special Agent Norm Bright, listed as Brassington's point of contact. Uh, so I called him up and I told him about the letter. He said, you can just re- disregard the letter. He told me to ignore it. He described Mike Brassington as a grave threat to national security and uh, that I needed to check him, search him, and search all his passengers. And uh, uh, he told me to try to get a drug dog there. Uh, but the problem was, is that they, Tuesday nights at Fort Lauderdale International Air- Airport, there aren't any drug docs available.
0: <laughs> South Florida wouldn't have any issue with drugs coming in or anything, would they?
1: Yeah. Tuesday night is the dr- is the drug dogs' night off. Uh, so I was looking at Brassington's Make a nar- note of that for future reference. Yeah. Okay. I was looking at Brassington's narcotics record on the computer when he handed me a letter from Washington. Uh, he phoned a supervisor, uh, ICE, whose name appeared in Brassington's file. Uh, and Ice's—and that's when ICE's supervisor instructed him and said that he should treat Brassington as a grave threat. Um, at any rate, this guy got mad. Brassington got mad and he wrote a letter uh, to uh, Jason Ahern, the soon-to-be department's acting supervisor uh the of the d a a and because of that uh agent james Sanders was fired huh. because of that encounter and uh so anyway it, the weirdest I, I don't know about the weirdest story on future quake but here's this guy flying presidents around snoop doggy dog crashes his plane um the uh, Guy in his presence calls and writes, president calls and writes a letter to uh, the, the, the judge, the federal judge presiding, mm-hmm. um, half a dozen other people, including uh, the, I think it was the ambassador to England, mm-hmm. and uh, they all said, oh, he's awesome. And then somebody else, oh, and he was also implicated. Here's another one I forgot. Uh, he was into implicated, he was the pilot implicated uh according to the local the local newspaper the orlando Center, sentinel mm-hmm. he was implicated in the biggest bust of its kind in central florida history uh but his name was taken off the manifest uh supposedly by the dea mm. so uh anyway Things can get weird, but rarely do they get that weird.
0: Sounds like he'd be like a great future quake guest.
1: <laughs> I'd love to get this guy on. Maybe not as distinguished. We'd have to find exercise. a way to get a phone in in prison. Yeah, but. that's true. Well,
0: if we get, I was gonna say we could get uh, get that congressman on in Ohio. What's his name? Uh,
1: Traffikant. Yeah, James Traffikant. Tra- but I
0: guess he's out of the hole now. He's out, Is of, the he out of the joint. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. I, I bet we'd get some interesting info from people in prison.
0: Yeah. Probably most of them are future quick listeners.
1: Yeah. They all sit around. Yeah. And they're our computer. Use it.
0: I guess most of us are unemployed, but I guess there's some of them there that are just, you know, incarcerated. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, at least you get three squares a day in I medical care. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. We were joking with- this weekend. I saw my mom and dad, and they actually did. They took part. I couldn't believe this. They took part in a little protest outside of, like, Home Depot or something. because. Wow. Of, some rights they or somebody asked them to do it so they went and did it and my mom was joking that she ho- she dad hoped that they'd be arrested because at least they'd get some bologna sandwiches and jail <laughs> free sandwiches but funny uh can i talk about some more war is that okay yeah okay you know, so me, I, got... I can't get enough war i'm comfortable religious war- right though. yeah war war just, <laughs> just salivate okay like you and nietzsche that's right exactly um, this is from WorldNet Daily, you know, one of my favorites. Yeah. WorldNet Daily. Mm-hmm. Syrian chief warns attack will set Middle East aflame. Uh, it's from this week. I bet it will. Tel Aviv. NATO troops are training in Turkey for a Turkish led NATO invasion of Syria, a senior Syrian diplomatic official claimed to WorldNet Daily. Now, we always hear wars and rumors of wars. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I look back at our archives of Future Quake and there were imminent Iranian invasions way back, you know. 5 yeah. or 6 years ago so take it for what it's worth but this this has some interesting details it says separately and formally security officials said Russia has been inspecting Syrian forces and mm-hmm. has been advising Syria about possible Syrian military responses should NATO attack the regime of Syrian president Bashar al-Assad the officials said Russia recently t- sold Syria a large quantity of Iskander ballistic missiles and that in light of the NATO threat the government, the Russian government renewed its pledge to sell Syria the advanced S-300 anti-missile system. Mm-hmm. The Syrian diplomatic official, meanwhile, recognized his country, receives general support from Russia, but told WorldNet Daily that Assad's regime is concerned the European Union and U.S. may offer Russia an economic incentive to scale back Russian support for Syria. Which you know, that's what we do. We pay everybody in the world money. To do what we want. And we're like the big fool. Like we spend like drunken sailors and everybody's willing to take a check. for, And they think Russia will do it too. Mm -hmm. But of course that's not the government's money. That's your money and my money. Taxpayer Mm -hmm. money that they do that with. Mm -hmm. Um, The report comes as Assad reportedly warned yesterday that he will set the Middle East on fire if NATO forces attack his country. If a crazy measure is taken against Damascus, think of Isaiah 17, Mm -hmm. I will need not more than six hours to transfer hundreds of rockets and missiles to the Golan Heights to fire them at Tel Aviv, Assad reportedly said, according to Iran's state-run Fars News Agency. Assad made the comments in a meeting with the Turkish Foreign Minister Ahmad Davutoglu, reported Fars. Mm -hmm. Fars reported Davutoglu I'm sure I'm pronouncing it exactly right. I'm confident in it. Uh, She couldn't get that word. Conveyed a warning from NATO and the U.S. that Syria could face an international military campaign if Assad does not halt his violent crackdown on an insurgency targeting the Syrian president's regime. So Mm -hmm. they're using this as an excuse for yet another war we would be involved in because they don't like the way he's treating his people. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer that they're a threat to the U.S. or that's some kind of remote threat. Mm-hmm. They just do stuff internal we don't like that's internal to them, so therefore we go invade. Now, this is coming on simultaneous while well, now we've heard of the news today about something tangible to be done against Iran. Um, it says uh, uh Assad also... uh Reiterated that Damascus will call on Hezbollah in Lebanon to launch an intensive rocket and missile attack on Israel, reported Fars. All these events will happen in three hours, but in the second three hours, Iran will attack the U.S. warships in the Persian Gulf, and the uh, U.S. and European interests will be targeted simultaneously, Assad was quoted. While Assad's remarks cannot be immediately verified, Iran, which runs Fars, is a close partner to the Damascus government. World Net Daily first reported in August that Assad is taking military measures to prepare for a possible U.S. NATO campaign against his regime. Mm-hmm. Informed Egyptian security officials told World Net Daily Assad instructed the Syrian military to be prepared for an air or ground campaign if the international community determines his pledges of reform were not enough. Also in August, World Net Daily reported uh, Turkey secretly passed a message to Damascus that if it does not implement major democratic reforms. NATO may attack Assad's regime, according to Egyptian security officials. The Egyptian security officials said the message was coordinated with NATO members, specifically the U.S. and European Union. The Egyptian officials said Turkish leaders, speaking for NATO, told Assad that he has until March to implement democratization that would allow free elections as well as major constitutional reforms. Last month, Obama officially asked Assad to step down to pave the way for a democratic system in Syria. According to informed Middle Eastern security officials speaking to World Net Daily, Assad asked his military to take specific preparations in the event of a U.S.-led NATO campaign, similar to the military coalition now targeting Libyan leader Muammar Gaddafi. So,
1: hmm.
0: Of course, he may not have to worry about it if they do it the same way as Gaddafi, because isn't Gaddafi still kicking? I mean, he's not in his palace, but he's not been picked up yet, right?
1: No, as far as we know, he's still running around. You know, I mean, he's still pretty marginal but anyway yeah
0: so guess what buddy more war
1: Woohoo
0: more war more villagers get more bombs strapped on their head and we'll be safer
1: yep well you know well gosh there's two ways I, I always like to try and do a story if i can that sort of relates tangentially to your story mhm um and you know it's interesting i'll I'll read just a like a little paragraph i'd like to
0: know how this is tangentially related
1: uh Exclusive computer virus hits U.S. drone fleet. Oh yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'll, I'll just sum it up for the audience. Uh, you can—they've got this computer virus that's got on their computer systems, yep. and they can't get it off. And uh, it—all it's doing is like logging their keystrokes. But the problem is, is that uh, they're not sure what it does exactly. And they've tried to get it off of a couple of times, and they can't. Hmm. And uh, and they say, uh, it's getting a lot of attention, the source says, but no one's panicking. Talk you know, about that. N-
0: now they're talking about putting these in the U.S., right? Flying around to get oh, people yeah, they well, don't like I'm, in the U.S. Oh, well, I'm sure
1: they already are, but they're, you know, eventually so, they'll reveal that they are.
0: So what if they get some kind of virus, and it accidentally looks for some kind of bad dude, and it puts in Tom Bionic's face? Because of the virus.
1: Well, it's gonna crash the computer software. Cause it's gonna be like there's
0: no real check then, right? I mean, it's just yeah. gonna keep chasing you down. It'd be my lucky to be when we record a Future Quake, and I'll be an innocent bystander.
1: Yeah. Sorry, man. What can I say? Then it, it would just, be your fault. Yeah. Well, it yeah. be the computer's fault. Yeah. I mean. Maybe it's my fault. I don't know. Yeah. I'll be dead though. So. It,
0: so what else about the uh, virus?
1: Oh, uh, I mean that was just sort of the big thing. It's Why don't like,
0: they run Norton on it or something like they that? They
1: actually tried that. You want to hear how they tried to battle it first? That's pretty scary. Um, Jones, the virus. Uh, we're wiping it off and it keeps coming back.
0: What about they hit on the side of the computer a lot? Sometimes I'll hit it with the palm of my hand.
1: Well. They base they said at somewhere in this article they said that the way that they tried to deal with it is they went to this this website for for uh like it's called Sikorsky virus Tech or something, and they read online how to get it off and they tried that and it didn't work
0: <laughs> the drones um, handling deadly weapons that yeah become yeah it's like, uh
1: yep it's it's they let's see oh the. Kaspersky Security Firm. At first, they followed removal instructions posted on the website of the Kaspersky Security Firm. (laughs) But the virus kept coming back. Eventually, the technicians had to use a software tool called BC Wipe to completely erase the GCS internal hard drives. Yeah, that's serious.
0: The government probably paid another $300 million to have that. Because, you know, when they pay to develop all that software from weapon systems anymore they don't own the software anymore
1: no they got to buy licenses now you right? got to
0: keep buying it over and over and over again and you know like uh even when they pay to develop all the systems they don't even own the repair manuals they have to pay the company they already paid all the money to build the thing i know isn't that to ridiculous to use repair. It was a racket
1: that's totally totally a racket so anyway, that I just wanted to get that out there because it's so ridiculous. Wow. So, so, so Speaking ridiculous. Speaking
0: of drones, they were talking today about if this terror plot had gone through with Iran, that if, if he had used some kind of like small bomb or something to, you know, kill these these ambassadors, that while getting the, quote, bad guy, all of these innocent bystanders would have been killed. How, how heinous that could be and evil. And I'm thinking, isn't that what our drone strikes do? When they drop a hellfire or something else on them, don't they kill a lot of bystanders, too, around these guys?
1: Yeah, but we, That's we good, just I say guess. it's collateral damage then. That's well, like, a different well, word you know, if we do it. It's tough. Different word. It's tough, but, you know, you gotta got to break some eggs to we, make an omelet.
0: You know, I talked about Iran, but I haven't had a chance to talk about Ahmadinejad, you know, one of the more interesting guys. Yeah. I have a picture on my computer of him kicking a soccer ball into a goal. I don't know if you... Knew that was it
1: a not. was it a weaponized soccer it ball? It was not
0: weaponized, but it was probably something evil. But anyway, this this has got Al Qaeda in it, okay? And has a little ironic twist.
1: Yeah, especially because they're not they're not Shias.
0: Well, it says Al Qaeda calls on, on Ahmadinejad to end nine one one conspiracy theories. This oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is out of the Guardian. Terrorist organizations magazine reportedly they have their own magazine, by the way, Al Qaeda says mm-hmm. it's ridiculous for Iran's president to blame the attacks on the U.S. government. I wonder if we could make a deal with the Al-Qaeda magazine to have it in our future quake little sales mall. <laughs> and make a little cut. I like, <laughs> if you order these two books, you get a copy of the Al-Qaeda magazine. I'm
1: telling you what, dude. You were just talking about how you didn't want to get blowed up with a, yeah. with a drone strike. I think this is a good uh, way to do it. If you carry that, I guarantee that there will be a Hellfire <laughs> missile coming through your front window.
0: Okay, thanks for the warning. Yeah. Okay, the Guardian says, in its English language magazine, Al-Qaeda has reportedly called on Iran's president, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, to stop citing conspiracy theories that the U.S. was to blame behind 9 one Al-Qaeda has sent a message to the Iranian president, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, asking him to stop spreading conspiracy theories about 9 attacks. Uh, attacks. You know, because Al-Qaeda is pretty mainstream. You know, they don't like this French stuff. Iranian media on Wednesday reported quotes from what appears to be an article published in the latest issue of the Al-Qaeda English language magazine Inspire. Inspire is a magazine. sounds nice. Mm I wonder if they would run ads for Future Quick in there. It's almost
1: like a Christian thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you think they could run Future Quick ads in there? I wonder what their rate is for publication. (laughs) Probably, yeah. Uh, Infidel Quick. Which described Ahmadinejad's remarks over the 11 September attacks as ridiculous. It's, it's really weird when you start thinking about this. What's up here? In his UN General Assembly speech last week, Ahmadinejad cast doubt over the official version of the nine, or the 2001 attacks. Mm-hmm. The Iranian government has professed on the tongue of its president Ahmadinejad that it does not believe that Al Qaeda was behind 911, but rather the US government, the article said according to the Iranian media. So we may ask the question, why would Iran ascribe to such a ridiculous belief that stands in the face of all logic and evidence? So it's interesting. Here we got Alex Jones, probably a lot of us, our listeners, on the side of Ahmadinejad, where we have all of the mainstream Christian folk and conservatives on the side of Al-Qaeda. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about drawing (laughs) some weird lines, man. Yeah, okay. It says, uh, Ahmadinejad said in New York that the mysterious September 11th incident had been used as a pretext to attack Afghanistan and Iraq. He had also previously expressed skepticism at the U.S. version of events. Uh, By using their imperialistic media network, which is under the influence of colonialism... This is very interesting. Mm. They threaten anyone who questions the Holocaust and the September 11 event with sanctions and military action," said Ahmadinejad. The Al-Qaeda article insisted it had been behind the attacks and criticized the Iranian president for discrediting the terrorist group. For them, Al-Qaeda was a competitor for the hearts and minds of the disenfranchised Muslims around the world, said the article published in the Inspire magazine. Al-Qaeda succeeded in what Iran couldn't. Therefore, it was necessary for the Iranians to discredit 9 one and what better way to do so? Conspiracy theories. So it's our Al-Qaeda versus conspiracy theories. Al-Qaeda also accused Iran of hypocrisy over its anti-Americanism. Okay, so it's Al-Qaeda is fighting anti-Americanism here. The article said, for Iran, anti-Americanism is merely a game of politics. It is America when it suits it. And it is a collaboration with the U.S. when it suits it. As we have seen in the shameful assistance Iran gave to the U.S. in its invasion of Afghanistan and in the Shi of Iraq. Which, you know, if Iran was our friend, how come we're wanting to bomb them today, I wonder? Backed by Iran, bringing the American forces into the country and welcoming them with open arms. Now isn't American policy wonderful that we take these two bitter enemies and have made them bitter enemies of both of us? Yeah. You think we could have at least pulled it off one of them could have been friends against the other one? No, we've gotten where they both hate us. Okay. Um, during his visit to New York, um, Ahmadinejad also changed his position uh, on gay people in Iran. He had previously famously said, We don't have homosexuals in Iran like you do in your country. This does not exist in our country. But according to the American News website, The Daily Beast, in a meeting with a number of journalists last week, he said, in Iran, homosexuality is seen as an ugly act. There may be some people who are homosexuals who are in touch with you, but in Iranian society they're ashamed to announce it, so they're not known. This is an act against God and His prophets. But we as a government can't go out and stop people. So I mention this to show that Al-Qaeda is suddenly worried that they're losing their thunder, that 9 was not done by them, mm-hmm. and, and the thing that they're most afraid of is that people could start questioning that it was not them, but the American government. So, th- this again makes me wonder, is Al-Qaeda who they say they are? Would they really care about this otherwise? Yeah. Or could it be, I'm, I'm sure you don't believe in false flag terrorism or the possibility that America or some other you know, intelligence arm could be masquerading as Al-Qaeda. Mm-hmm. But if they do it, the public better darn well believe that it's Al Qaeda, because it certainly wouldn't work for their false flag if people started doubting it. You know, hmm. you got to you got to sell the American public on this. So they start asking somebody else, and some heads got to roll. I read that and I thought, how strange. I remember even thinking, how strange is it that it makes Al Qaeda look like a total fraud? Like it's like, like I said, it's something it's not because its main thing was not killing Americans; it was selling the world that it existed.
1: Mm. Yeah, well, you know, that's been refuted in various books and stuff. Uh the the 2000 coal bombing, yeah, the bombing of the USS Cole. Yeah. They had to, they had to invent uh the they had to invent the terrorist network. I can't remember the author, but he during the trial, they couldn't they wanted to pin it on Osama bin Laden, but they couldn't, so they yeah. the prosecutors basically had to invent the terrorist network mm-hmm. to uh Pin it back Put on Put a him. story together. Yeah.
0: Just like the Reichstag fire. Uh-huh. And that's really what we had today when this Iranian thing was another Reichstag fire, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get people fired up over it, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, pe- people will swallow anything if, if, you know, if you give it to them like that. But, uh, yeah, making up this whole story about who these people are is just uh sign of the times, I guess. You got a story for us, bro?
1: Oh, well, here's another headline I thought was interesting. Came from while well, while while we were banding about stuff, mm-hmm. I clicked on Mish's website. Yeah. Greece may run out of gas in three days. Yeah. Uh there garbage is piling up in the streets of Athens and uh there's a general strike of trash collection. So that's why it's piling up. And uh uh yeah, so they're saying that's that's heavy. There's gonna be no more gas in Greece.
0: Well, let me let me uh, just mention too about on this Al Qaeda thing. Um, you know, about Osama bin Laden being the guy who did nine one one and uh, i want to just question that too. People forget that when when we wanted Osama and and supposedly that was the thing it was supposed to if we got him we could we could solve this thing, this Al Qaeda thing and mm-hmm. Solve it and get it right. We asked the Taliban to turn him over, and the Taliban. This is before the war. Taliban said, "We will turn him over if we can turn him over to an international court, and you can bring your evidence of his complicity to resolve this. In other words, by um, civilized means, basically. Mm-hmm. If if you know for sure that some, I mean, enough to invade our country. If you have enough evidence to justify." massacring our people, mm-hmm. present that in a court, show it in a court. Because they had just done that with Milosevic, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So they had already had the precedent with that to do it. So it could it could be done. But no, they wouldn't do that. They rather thought that not only killing all the people over there, but having, you know, almost 10,000 of our own men killed, many, many more beyond that severely wounded and maimed, was a preferable option over trying to come up with evidence that Osama bin Laden was behind this. Yeah. Conspiracy theory or not, put all that aside. Ask yourself, what is a good answer for that? Why Why would having all of our people killed, you know, by the many thousands be a preferable option toward merely just showing the evidence that you have? And how come he couldn't stand trial? They had to shoot him in the head. They had him cornered in a room, mm-hmm. and all these guys cornering him in a room. Why can't they haul him out and put him on trial and show all the world his evils that he did? That they've been telling them. How come they got to kill all these guys with a drone rather than ever have trial for them? If they have a trial, it's got to be a secret trial, you know.
1: Mhm. Instead of, instead they got to shoot them at night and then wrap them in bacon and throw them in the ocean. What's What's the answer, you know? Yeah. To all this, but I don't know. I'm preaching to the choir, to you but. Yeah, I got another story here. Um. Uh this is from endoftheamericandream.com. Okay. And it's uh, 18 18 examples of how Christians are being specifically targeted by Big Brother. Mm-hmm. Um when the freedom of speech of one group is being threatened, it is a threat to us all. Just because you may not be a Christian, don't think that what you are about to read is not a problem for you as well. Um the truth is that any individual or group that does not fit in with the new politically correct global system that is emerging is going to be persecuted sooner or later. In our society today, it has become quite fashionable to bash Christians. In fact, I am quite certain that some of the comments that get left after this article will say really horrible things about Christians. But after Big is Brother is not a Christian website, is no, it? No. But after Big Brother is done with the Christians, are you sure they will not come after you next? When I speak of Big Brother, I am not just speaking of the government. In today's world, giant corporations and the mainstream media also play instrumental roles in the totalitarian police-state prison grid that is being constructed all around us. The elite control the government. Uh, they They run nearly all of the major corporations, and they own most of the major media outlets. Anyone that does not conform to their system is a threat. As time goes by, the persecution of those uh, that attempt to rebel against their system is only going to become more severe. So, if you are not a Christian, do not applaud when the system cracks down on Bible-believing Christians. You never know, you might be next. Right. So, here are the 18. Number one, home Bible studies are now banned in the city of San Juan Capistrano, C- California. According to city officials, regular gatherings of more than three people in private homes are simply not allowed. huh. <laughs> One couple has held home Bible studies for years, has already been fined twice, and is being threatened with even more fines. Uh, PayPal has initiated formal investigations of a large number of Christian websites and organizations. Is this number 17? Number two. Number two, okay. What did I say? That's how
0: you got a lot of them to go through. I thought you were working low coming up.
1: Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, Apparently, many of the investigations have been launched due to concerns that these websites and organizations do not hold to a politically correct view of sexuality. Mm Mm-hmm. According to World Net Daily, PayPal is targeted uh include Americans for Truth, Last Day's Watchmen, and a host of other Christian organizations, including Abiding Truth Ministries, New Generation Ministries, uh, Nua uh, Driapta of Romania, Truth in Action Ministries, Dove World Outreach, Word, Faith Word Baptist Church, Family Research Institute, and American Society for the Defense of Traditional Family. Number three, in Wichita, Kansas, last last year, a Christian minister was handcuffed and hauled off to jail by police for sharing the gospel um, and handing out tracts to Muslims on a public sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Apparently, freedom of speech does not apply on the public sidewalks of America any longer. You know what's funny about that one? is uh, That one came across my inbox a year ago, and mm-hmm. uh, everybody attached to the string decried the Muslims.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I said, Why? We need to be mad at the police. Yeah. And they said, no, it's the Muslim's fault. Yeah. In the UK, police recently threatened a cafe owner with arrest for silently playing a Bible DV on a mm-hmm. small television on the back wall of his cafe. Um, I'll just kind of speed through these. Number five. Last year, high school student in Southern California was suspended for two days because he had private conversations with his classmates during which he discussed Christianity. Big Cable, number six, big cable networks regularly feature comedians that love to mock Christians, like Bill Mayer. Uh, He says, there's a term for people who hate charity and love killing, Christian, which um, if that had been said about another group, it would have made front page headlines for weeks. He's got a point. Uh, down in Texas, the Department of Veterans Affairs actually tried to ban prayers that includes the words God or Jesus during funeral services for veterans. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, in North Carolina last year, a pastor was dismissed from his chaplain duties for praying in the name of Jesus. And on number nine, an unclassified Department of Homeland Security report published a couple years ago, Titled Right Wing Extremism Current Economic and Political Climate Fueling Resurgent in Radicalization and Recruitment, uh, claims that a belief in Bible prophecy could motivate extremist individuals and groups to stockpile food, ammunition, and weapons. Uh, back on February 20th, 2009, the state of Missouri issued a report entitled the MIAC Strategic Report, which we've all, all right. talked at length about. Uh, number eleven, all over the nation, child protection agencies are ripping an inordinate number of children out of Christians' homes. That's true. Uh, number twelve, on June eighteenth, twenty ten, two Christians decided they could they would peacefully pass out copies of the Gospel of John on the public sidewalk in Dearborn, and within three minutes, eight police officers surrounded them and placed them under arrest. I saw the whole thing. Mm. That's on video, you know. Yeah. And uh, they even. Police even showed up with guns on their hit, you know, hands on their guns. Yeah. It's like these Christians are going to somehow, you know, like deflect bullets with their right, <laughs> gospel right, of right. John DVDs, you know. Number 13, a Christian consultant was recently fired by Bank of America and Cisco because they discovered a book that had been written that expressed Christian viewpoints about social issues. Number Fourteen, a while back, a federal judge actually ruled that the University of California can deny course credit to application applicants from Christian high schools that use textbooks to teach that it was God who created the earth. Two thousand nine one eight year old boy in Massachusetts was sent home from school and was forced to undergo a psychological evaluation because he drew a picture of Jesus on the cross. <laughs> The Obama administration has announced that there is a whole host of laws that it will not be enforcing, but one that the Obama administration has chosen to do is to aggressively pursue lawsuits against anti-abortion protesters. Uh, number 17, during a congressional hearing earlier that year, U.S. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee warned that Christian militants might try to bring down the country and that such groups need to be investigated. And number 18, according to a shocking FBI document, Obtained by Oath Keepers, the FBI definition of suspicious activity activity now includes making extreme religious statements and believing in radical theology. The good news is that there is at least a limited amount of religious freedom here in America. It may soon be gone, but at least we are in in better shape than most of the globe. Almost 70% of the population of the world now lives in countries where religious activities are highly restricted. Um. So anyway, closing If you are not religious, don't think that you should not be fighting for religious freedom Along with the rest of us mm-hmm. Once they take some of our rights away It will be much easier to ta- for them to take all the rest of our rights away mm-hmm. United we stand or divided we fall
0: And as we seek for atheists or other secular people To stand with us to protect ours We also have to protect people who have different religious views than ours mm-hmm. If everybody doesn't stand together We're all going to fall mm-hmm. separately If we don't hang together. Yep. So, you know, it's ironic, too, those stories you read, a common theme was it was some kind of small time individual trying to reach out in evangelical stuff on the street that they go crack. Whereas we've got large religious institutions, Christian, Muslim, others who are actually talking about war, talking about large scale actions against people, you know, and trying to get major laws, trying to restrict each other. And they don't touch them. Yeah, they isn't that the nice? Poor guy just trying to share the gospel out on the street with some, with no money, no agenda, no nothing else. You know.
1: Yeah. They, well, one of the things that you've said uh, on this show and and you know in discussions that we have at length is like, it's not so much, it's 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 not so much just hating the gospel or whatever or this or that. Mm-hmm. It seems to me, or it seems to you, according I'll put I'll put words in your mouth because you're right here. Um, that they hate they hate the little guy doing something sort of that's free and um, uh, you know free and there's no a lot of little action and it's you know for the community and for the public good and everybody sort of getting getting together village sized and doing something mm-hmm. themselves they hate that
0: right that's the biggest danger that they have mm-hmm is when people start solving their own problems on a local level because it's much, much harder for the New World Order people to control that. They, yes. can, they can infiltrate large institutions, control the rudders of those groups, and when people start dealing, like, just don't even care what people do on a national level and just start doing their own things locally, that gives them fits. Mm-hmm. They do that.
1: So They have to go kill them.
0: Yeah, or, or worse. Yeah. Uh, would you like me to just sort of close with a weird story, something weird? Let's then get, we'll go let's to get freaky, yo. Well, let's do something that's more of the earlier weird days future quake. Get your thoughts on this. Um, this is called Shaking Up Earthquake Science. This is from the Daily Grail, which is a very interesting site where I get information. Uh, This fellow Greg says, he says, back in May, I posted a story about the discovery of changes in the Earth's ionosphere leading up to the catastrophic Japanese earthquake Mm. and subsequent tsunami of March 2011. A research team led by Dimitar Uzanov of the NASA Goddard Space Flight Center found that before the M9 earthquake, the total electron content of the ionosphere increased dramatically over the epicenter reaching a maximum three days before the quake struck. At the same time, satellite observations showed a big increase in infrared emissions from above the epicenter, which peaked in the hours before the quake. In other words, the atmosphere was heating up. Last week, an independent paper offered support for this warning signal for massive earthquakes. According to the American Geophysical Union blog, geophysicist uh, Kosuke Hikai of Hokkaido University in Sapporo, Japan, has reported the same suggested buildup of electrons in a new scientific paper. He says the claim that earthquakes are inherently unpredictable may not be true, at least for M9 or magnitude 9 class earthquakes, Heike writes in an article accepted for publication in Geophysical Research Letters, a journal of the American Geophysical Union. This study suggests that the total electron content, or TEC, the ionosphere starts increasing as much as 8% above background levels prior to massive earthquakes, with the biggest effect above the ruptured fault. The electron buildup before the Earth Japan earthquake started 40 minutes before disaster struck. Hmm. Days after the devastating magnitude 9 Tohoku-Oki earthquake struck Japan, Heike downloaded data from satellites that are part of the GPS Earth Observation Network, He was interested in oscillations of the TEC when acoustic waves echo from the epicenter of the ionosphere. I thought I'd see a very strong signal after this earthquake, Hickey said, and in the course of working on that, I found something strange happened. The TEC was higher before the expected oscillations occurred than it was after the oscillations. So he took another look at the raw data from the GPS satellites. But changes in the total electron content aren't rare, Hickey says. Solar flares and other ionic disturbances can cause fluctuations. So he looked at the TEC prior to other major earthquakes, including the 2010 Chile earthquake. I saw almost the same signature as the Tohoku earthquake, Hiki says. And although there were fewer GPS stations operational during the 2004 Sumatra quake, those showed a similar TEC anomaly. Smaller quakes around magnitude 8 below don't appear to have the same TEC increases. There appears to be some difference between the two papers regarding the maximum TEC in the ionosphere, with Hakey saying it started 40 minutes before the earthquake, while Uzenov's paper put it in days. Neither paper references the other, though, so perhaps Hakey did not analyze the days in advance of the quake, but only the immediate hours surrounding it. In any case, fascinating insights into the invisible earth changes that take place when a major geological event occurs. And he says, could these changes be responsible for the critical report of earthquake lights? Wow. So, HARP
1: has been discovered. That's the first thing I thought of. Yeah, you know, man. I
0: have laughed about that, like, you know, oh, yeah, right, okay, here's HARP. You know, how are you going to put enough energy in something to cause what's required for an earthquake fault? Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to heat up the atmosphere. But they're showing a direct cause and effect, and that was NASA data. Yeah. To heat up a localized heating of the ionosphere immediately right above the fault, hmm. and all of the magnitude nine earthquakes he looked at had the same signature. That's pretty freaky, I think, and I haven't seen anything freaky like that in a long time. You know what I'm talking about I mean not just the general weirdness, not the political kind of thing
1: no, no, I mean it's the it's the it's the sort of correlation to conspiracy theory yeah. Somebody.
0: Sorry, next best thing to a
1: Somebody didn't know what the. Somebody didn't let the left hand know what the right hand was doing. Said you need, shouldn't report on that. I mean, that, that harp thing may. There may be something to it.
0: I don't know. Mm-hmm. going to be surprised. Uh, we can either go to emails, or if you got another story you want to do quick. Email. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to emails. We've got emails. Okay. I'm still about three months behind, so if you can bear with me on that, okay. I told you I had an interesting one. Oh, well, this is longer than I thought, but, um, this is one that was left behind. This is from, from Ghani. You know Ghani? I do know Ghani. In Southern California. Um, now this is a little long, but let me just share it. We'll, we'll sort of see how our time goes here. It says, uh, Dear Dr. Future and Tom Bionic. I've listened to Future Quake for the last six months or so. And I just had to say, God bless your ministry and the show. My discovery of your show and others like uh, like your show, like PID Radio, Chris White, Russ Dizdar, Tom Horn, etc., goes something like this. He says, I became a believer about four years ago. I'm 28 years old now. But I didn't know what to do with my fascination with conspiracy theories, UFOs, aliens, paranormal, etc. Furthermore, my worldview was shattered soon after my declaration of faith. I was an aspiring musician. And all I wanted was drugs, sex, rock and roll with money and fame being the main ingredient to all of it. It's how I grew up, and it's what my parents desired for me as well, the money and the fame part. Uh. So for the first two years after declaring my faith, I was depressed. I lost many friends after becoming a believer, and many folks, including my parents, thought it was just a phase and it was good for me because Christianity was for people who have been abused in life. Oh, that's pretty sad. yeah dude,
1: we're we're like on the same page, you know. Chuck Missler said you, this thing. You feel your pain, his pain? Yeah, I mean, different sort of different circumstances, but yeah. sort of the same outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck Missler said this thing when I was listening. to Chuck Missler early in my Christian. Yeah. My career's Christian, I guess, or whatever yeah, you want to call yeah. it, walk Christian. Yeah. And uh, he said, when you ha- when you get baptized, be sure you have a big party and you know, invite all your friends from yeah. church and you know no more friends yeah. because. For a lot of them, that's going to be the last time you see some of them, <laughs> yeah. because you're, you're, they're going to start to change and you're going to start to change, and then pretty soon you won't, you won't have the same group of friends. And I listened yeah. to that and I thought, well, that's wacky. Yeah. And then I got baptized and that, yeah. that, that totally happened. Right. You know, right. I, I know where he's coming from, man.
0: Right. And the Bible says. You will lose father and sons and daughters. Move so take, to Nashville, move Ghani, man. Else. we
1: just hang out here. There's room for you, Ghani. Yeah, man.
0: There's room
1: in Nashville yeah. for I you. I mean, not at my house. It's only like 400 square feet, but... Nice
0: of room. Just stack them up like cordwood. Yeah. You could use Futurians as I'll furniture. I'll let them use my tent. Okay. <laughs> okay, Ghani, there there's your offer. He says, uh, I didn't know what to do with my art and songwriting because I didn't have the need to channel my anger through it anymore. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't have the anger that I have to express yeah. artistically. Needless to say, I wasn't sure I had made the right choice. I began volunteering at my church as a sound tech since that was my expertise and began asking the pastors their questions regarding my fascination of the topics never discussed at church. Hmm, first time we've heard that. Huh? <laughs> With the lack of insight my church provided, I began listening to folks like David Wilcock and David Icke and their whole disposition and New Age thinking, which appealed to me. It's not a knock on my church. They're amazing folks doing the Lord's work, but it's in different contexts, more on that later. I knew the New Age stuff contradicted with biblical te- teachings, but the whole concept fascinated me, and it seemed to give me some answers to the questions I had that the church did not. I wasn't sure how Jesus of the Bible fit into their view, though. I was listening to Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie one night, and Ali Marzuli was the guest. He was talking about UFOs and things, and he sounded like he was a Christian. Killer. So I began to dig to see if he was interviewed somewhere else. And I then discovered PID Radio with the Gilberts. I was instantly hooked uh, since finally there was a well-grounded Christian couple talking about the things I had questions about. Through PID, I discovered the works of Chris White, who has become a huge inspiration for me. I'll warn him later. All of a sudden, I was flooded with information about conspiracies and all the stuff my church just did not address. Then, through Chris White's ministry, I found FutureQuake. At first, it was kind of boring, I must admit. That's nice to hear. Uh, I wasn't sure what the premise was, what your views were on things. But as I listened, it became apparent that you and Tom always had a middle name, Bionic. Um, sometimes lacking in creativity, but nevertheless, always entertaining, Bionic. That's your middle name. Yeah. We're basically saying and doing precisely what I needed to hear about the things going on in the world. I itch to hear the episodes every week now, and I constantly go back to the archives to pull up past shows, since you guys have really confronted issues full on with the right mind and position I fully support. I am going through the archives, but sad to say I haven't gotten through all of them yet. It's been horribly inspiring and terribly inspiring, and has strengthened my faith in Christ very much in the last six months. I try to inform folks about future quake here at my church, but many of them are stuck on conservative radio shows with right wing talking heads. Hmm. Note on Chris White. He has been really inspirational for me. I guess he's an okay guy. You yeah. Do?
1: He's he's the big he's the big evangelist out there. The yeah. big he, apologist.
0: He inspired me to make a short video on ghost hunting shows after he mentioned it on one of his podcasts. I then started a blog, which is featured on Revelations Radio Network under the blog section. And now I'm working on a film, much like the David Icke debunked on the New World Order, and all of the moving parts uh to that whole thing, in light of Bible prophecy and ultimately Jesus Christ and what we're called to do in this world. Chris was awesome enough to promote my YouTube page and my blog in one of his last podcasts, which was a huge blessing. The reason why is this is is important to me, is because it feels like all of the gift and talents God has given me was for this purpose of making art and media to spread the gospel. Amen. Life's been led to this, (laughs) Connie, up to this point. You know, in fact, one of the things I liked as a songwriter was a good message. Hmm. One that would inspire but also be truth. Songs like Imagine by John Lennon, I used to think, were amazing lyrics.
1: Imagine all the people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now I understand what's behind the peace and love veil of rock music in general, and that song to me is just another one of Satan's tools for deception. Needless to say, I never thought I would be a filmmaker of any kind, but with shows like Future Quake, the ammunition and inspiration provide important information about our world, and the ultimate message of Jesus Christ and his salvation is something that I can't not do. I am I'm on fire for Jesus and I have folks like you to thank for that. The next cool? Shizzle. He uh He says I mentioned how my church wasn't big on the stuff that we futurians talk about and since discovering not only your show but the whole community of people like Pid, Tom Horn, Marzulli, Chris White and others, I have attempted to inform people at my church on these issues. Um I see, why don't you finish why don't you finish this? Well, you just sat there? once not you finish reading it?
1: No. Yeah. Okay. Fine.
0: Which says uh, right below Marzulli there in that last paragraph okay. on the next page that I have outlined.
1: I wasn't. Me- I mentioned how my church wasn't big on the stuff we futurians talk about, and since discovering not only your shows but the whole community of people like Pid, Tom Horn, Marzulli, Chris White, and others, I have attempted to inform people at my church on these issues. Most of them think I am nuts, but I know that this is nothing new to most futurequake folks. Well, that's true. Our senior pastor was very surprised when I emailed him about the whole idea of the alien gospel being promoted by History Channel and the New Age Movement. But he didn't really talk about it or bring it up in any of the services. Our church is a huge outreach church. We have ministries that help people all over the world with a focus on third world nations. Cool. We bypass Red Cross and other government institutions and directly bring food, shelter, money, and any kind of support to people in places around the world. I reside in Orange County, so my pastor has a very j- difficult job, in my opinion. We have a bunch of rich folks who drive nice cars and have huge ha- homes. I recall back in 2008, the joke around here was, what recession?
0: <laughs> Just read apart part that I got bracketed, okay?
1: Okay. We have a Muslim outreach ministry who, who are extremely bold and courageous. Uh, our whole concept of outreach is based on personal relationships. Sweet. So, this goes out and sits, uh, so this group goes out and sits at Muslim mosques and builds relationships with people while sharing the gospel. If you would like, I can get you in contact with some of them, since I think uh, what they are doing is pretty amazing. Yep. Anyway, sorry about the babbling. Blabbling. I don't know if you misspelled babbling.
0: You're not supposed to point out misspelling. I'm sorry.
1: He didn't misspell it. It must have been something else. Just the bracketed part two. For the fifth time. I just wanted to email to encourage you and Mike T, uh, Mike T's work, and let you know that w- you have a future out here in Plastic City, Orange County, California. Huh. Funny, <laughs> Plastic City. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Cool. All right.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Ghani. And Ghani, uh you've gotten to know him actually.
1: I thought Ghani was cool. We talked a little
0: bit at the thing. You thought you you still hold that position? I that do still. Cool? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Gani. Thanks for that great testimony. Would you like to read a couple more? Uh,
1: I will tell you what I would. I would actually. I do. I okay. do like reading them. Just read their first name and state, in one bracket. Okay. Okay. Doug, Doctor Future, and Tom. Thank God it's Friday, Bionic. I love Fridays. Not because it's headed to the weekend. I'm self-employed and active in the ministry, so weekends usually mean I'm busier than ever, especially with two kids. No. I love Fridays because I know the next installment of Future Quake will soon be here. Keep up the good work in Jesus, Doug. Sweet in Illinois. In Illinois, Doug in Illinois. Uh, oh, just read the the last page on that one. Yeah, here you do this from one, Brett.
0: Yeah, you do this one. That's okay. I don't mean to interrupt you. I just want to show you that. Just head to the back. No, this is Joel. Excuse me. Yeah, this is Joel. Um, Joel's a good friend of ours now. Joel's
1: Listener. cool. Yeah, all he had to do was like show up and we hung out with him like volunteers. <laughs> this
0: is Joel, Joel in Wisconsin, okay? Yeah. Uh, he says, as I was working on the Sovereign Tees website, that's his web shirt of, of t shirts with themes very much like Future Quake. It's called Sovereign, S O V E R E I G N T S T E Z. Mm-hmm. Sovereign Tees, just Google that, y'all. I was working on a Sovereign Tees website last night while I was listening to the Jesse Ventura interview. And the following show, we got a few Jesse emails here. Mm -hmm. You guys did a great job of brought out some of the best of Jesse. I honestly believe that most of the people that refuse to believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob do so because of the pathetic state of the church. In fact, that so many Christians cannot defend their faith causes people like Jesse to flee from the perceived crutch of Jesus Christ. You two demonstrated that true Bible-believing brothers are thinkers that can articulate a well-thought-out position and lovingly discover your, discuss your faith with any willing person. Well done, good and faithful servants. Uh, Marissa, I believe it's his spouse, and mm-hmm. I had a great laugh when you talked about the truck smashing into the guardrail. That's when uh, Brother Joel came to see us, and I was riding in a car with him by the, by the Futurian house. And it was this truck came by at high speed on a wet pavement and just clicking out, knocking out, uh, uh mailboxes in front of us. He almost swerved over and hit us, but. Yeah. Uh, he says, thank you for the kind words about me on the air. You two are overly kind and wonderful brothers. It is a real blessing to be able to spend time with brothers like you. It's also refreshing to see true fellowship taking place at your church. Very uplifting. And that's from Brother Joel. And I want to mention that you can sometimes see Joel's writing over at the Sycamore Three blog of Robert Hyde. If you yeah, go
1: he's got a got a little post up there just recently. Yeah,
0: Sycamore three, that's three at uh, uh dot blogspot dot com. Sycamore three dot blogspot dot com. And you get Robert Hyde's musings in him and you're gonna hear more from him in the near future. It's gonna be something very interesting with mm-hmm. me. Uh do you want me to do this real quick and bring it around home or do you want to read one?
1: Uh you please. You sure. Yeah.
0: All right. I've got two more if you got time for it. Let's do it. This is Deborah. Deborah says, uh, I enjoyed listening to your interview with Jesse Ventura. Being from Minneso- Minnesota, Minnesota. I, am, I am well aware that Jesse does not like religion pushed at him, which is what most Christians do in interviews. You should feel complimented that Jesse said he would enjoy hanging out with you in spite of your Christian label. We'll have to pray that Jesse in time will have an encounter with Jesus and not religion. Amen to that, sister. Well, that's well said, Shizzle. Deborah. We wish the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we love him as we do all people. Jesus died mm-hmm. for Jesse. The topic for your converse- presentation at the conference, entitled Holy War, the Coming Christian-Muslim War, and Who is Behind It? Reminds me of the Hegelian dialectic that guides the politics of this world and the New World Order. It seems to come right out of the Garden of Eden from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The evil side and the good side, but the Lucifer Satan is behind both. It is interesting that in Revelation 22, 2, the leaves of the tree of life were for the healing of the nations, since the tree of knowledge of good and evil has destroyed the nations of the earth throughout history. Hmm. Uh, it says, uh, interesting Craig insight. and I are looking forward to the conference. And, uh, thank you, Deborah, for that. It's an encouraging word for us. And I'll close. Oh man, this this is such a good one, but it's it has some length to it. But I tell you what, I think it's a great one to close with. Okay. If you don't mind, I think you'll like this. Okay. Tom and we'll call it a, call it a day here. Okay. This is from Brother Dean, okay, one of our mm-hmm. listeners. This, this is something to learn from. He says, "Hey, brother, future and Bionic." He says, "I'm actually at a loss for words. It's sometimes hard to express in words what one is feeling emotionally. I suppose a word to sum up these emotions might be pride." However, I've been told by Christians that I ought not to use that word, to say that I'm proud of my daughter for standing up to the bully at school who is picking on some other individual's wrong. Maybe you can help me come up with a word that represents the feelings you get that cause a lump to well up in your throat when you witness someone just doing the right thing, especially if done in the face of adversity or discomfort to oneself. You know, I really feel that way, too. I know what he's saying, particularly Mm -hmm. if somebody is cast out or downcast, and everybody ignores them, and somebody goes over there and lifts an arm to pick somebody up. Mm-hmm. I get that same kind of lump in my throat, too. Yeah, no, um, it's cool, isn't it? He says, well, gentlemen, that is uh, what happens to me when listening to you two. I, I cannot truly put into words the feelings of joy deep within my soul. Thank you for how you interacted with Governor Ventura. You represented Christ well. You represented those of us who also represent Christ well. Along the lines of, of representing properly, I'd like to share with you a true story that has helped shape my philosophy, which I believe is supported by Scripture. This story, and I hope Robert Hyde is listening to this, this story also uh, uh, touches on a topic you've discussed a few times lately, namely homosexuality. This happening was told to me by my mother when I was a young man in my early 20s. Before beginning, let me say that I was not raised in a Christian home. Uh When I was a wee lad of about eleven back in '74, my father had a coworker with whom he had made friends. His name was Marty. Mm-hmm. For, a, for a physical point of reference, I think think of Steve Taylor, the Christian rocker from the '80s. I don't know if you know who that is. This is remind me of him. Okay. Mm. Marty became a family friend, and we saw him quite frequently. My father's and Marty's common interest were high-fi stereo equipment and muscle cars. Marty owned a wonderfully souped-up Dodge Charger. Could it rumble? Sweet. He also owned a very expensive stereo with tower speakers, and it could rumble. On occasion, Marty would pick up my dad, and I was in, the, uh, uh, and I opened his charger for a ride around town, and then end up at the house to listen to Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. on his stereo. Wow, I can still recall how that felt. You know, I grew up in that era. I can sort of relate to that. You know, mm-hmm. he also remember thinking that there was something about Marty that just wasn't normal. But at that age back in seventy four, I would not have known what it was exactly. Then it happened. One day out of the blue, Marty showed up at our house in drag. The thoughts that Whoa. Went through, Yeah, the thoughts that went through my mind, lots of confusion. This was something like I ain't ever seen before, as they say. Uh I think that line was in, Mama told me not to come by three-dog night, which was really (laughs) good. I ain't never seen before. Um, I went through my mind. Okay, he says, I remember my mom quickly ushering my two brothers, age nine and seven, and myself to other quarters, and then going back to tell Marty uh, he best be going home and then come back when he was dressed in men's clothing. Notice she did not tell him to leave and never come back. She knew... What she ought to do and what about doing it. While Marty was gone, my mom talked with my dad and wanted him to man up and have a talk with Marty about what isn't unacceptable in our home. She thought, as many women did in those days, that the husband was the head of the home and he should take responsibility. My father said to say did not want to have to confront his friend and wiggled his way out. My four-foot-eleven-inch mother had to be the man of the home. Well, Marty did come back. My mother sat him down and said, Marty... For 2 years now I have welcomed you into my home I have known I have known about your homosexuality all the time and yet have never shown you any ill will or bad feelings even though I disagree with your chosen lifestyle I've loved you and cared for you almost like a son and he was about 10 years younger than my parents and she would often give him home-cooked meals to take home mm-hmm. or visit him at home if bedridden with the flu to care for him In spite of what you just did a few hours ago, I will still welcome you in my home, but only under my conditions. Marty, Wayne, my dad, and I are raising three boys in this home, and our vision of what a man is or should be is different than yours. Therefore, it is our wishes that you never set foot again in this house dressed like a woman. Please respect that and come back any time. For you, our doors are always open. I consider you a good friend, and I want that relationship to remain. Shortly after this rather shocking uh revealing of Marty's true self to my brothers and me, my mother explained to me for the first time in my life what homosexuality was. The term gay came long, along not too long after. She explained to me why she believed it was wrong how you don't put a square peg in a round hole. <laughs> she uh, also she also okay. sensed that he was ashamed of himself when she confronted him. She sure. also told me something more important. As long as she believed this lifestyle to be is wrong she still felt it was very important to love the person my loving individual did not have to be equated with loving the sin she said later in my 20s she told me that marty teared up when she told him she loved him and would still want him to come around Mm -hmm. he told my mom that he respected her deeply and would acquiesce to her wishes and he kept his word My mom told me that Marty's family, especially his father, wanted little to nothing to do with him, and that our house was sort of a safe haven for him. Mm -hmm. Even though I couldn't wrap my head around why my mom taught me and accepted Marty the next time I saw him, uh, I still can't, I still remember what my mom taught me and accepted Marty the next time I saw him. I actually felt very sad somehow for him. I get really angry when people throw around the word tolerant. Today's concept of tolerance is simply wrong. My mother's version of tolerance was right and true. Political correctness has sabotaged true tolerance. What gets me angry are Christians who don't understand how to deal with these individuals. My mother, who is not a professing Christian, put so many of us to shame by her Christ-like actions. I say shame on us. We ought to know and do better. Governor Ventura stated he believes people are born gay or not gay. I'm not totally convinced of this myself. I've known personally five individuals who were or are gay, Three are no longer gay and have accepted Christ. I asked them about this business of being born a certain way. They all believed that they chose what they became. They all had bad or non-existent relationships with their fathers uh, that they say gave them an inner yearning for male acceptance. These feelings became misappropriated and led to the deception of sexual encounters as being the logical next step. However, these encounters never truly satisfied an inner longing for something more. May the Lord use my mom's love, bravery, and convictions to touch the hearts of those who hear this email. Thank you.
1: That's cool, man.
0: That is how Jesus dealt with people. That was Jesus at the woman at the well. You know, his interaction was redemptive, and this is the and this is an interesting email to close our show as a bookend to the church lady that I read earlier. Yeah. That. She'd be the first one. And in fact, I'll tell you, when I was at this conference, the Value Voters Summit, boastly everything was against Sharia law or gay, gay marriage and gay people. That was the whipping boys, okay? And, mm-hmm. you know, as Christian, I have certain views of the Bible, you know, about that. But the whole key is, how is it that you deal with people? How, how is the interaction that God wants people to be restored in right relationship to Him? It has to come through a redemptive relationship. Redemptive and reconciling relationship. And she made her position clear, but she more importantly showed, above love all, that she that loved him. Yeah, And that's what's missing in, in the religious right in the evangelical community largely today. Is that our love for the people even goes above our desire to shake our finger at them and to show them what the Bible has to say about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And boy, that was just really, really on my heart this weekend. And... Thank goodness Robert Hyde's on the same wavelength, and he can put it much more poetically. You know, he was talking about all this emphasis on retaining the law. A lot of people who still cling so much to the Old Testament about Mm -hmm. wanting the laws to be the centerpiece of our faith. Mm -hmm. That's sort of an oxymoron. But but he says, you know, he says the main people throughout the history of the Judeo-Christian faith who have emphasized the law are nothing more than lawyers themselves. And they create a faith run by lawyers Hmm. that are interpreting that fine print of every law. And that's what we get.
1: Interesting. And that's
0: why, you know, I'm paraphrasing. I never can say it as good as Robert Hyde. I hope he forgives me for messing up his quote. But basically, you know, the prophets were sort of like the role of the Holy Spirit of the New Covenant. They came in to say, here's what God's mind is right now about circumstances right where they are. Mm -hmm. But people said, no, we don't want to hear the prophets. We don't hear. We want to just take this fine tooth comb through the law. You know, and parse this out. And, you know, you can look at eras of Roman Catholicism. Certainly Calvinism has certainly been Mm -hmm. an emphasis on that, you know. Yeah. Putting lawyers. That's And that's what a lot of our theology schools are. They're basically training lawyers. Yep. For the law of God. (laughs) So, anyway, enough said. I'll get myself in more trouble if I elaborate further. But, Merv, would you come in and tell our listeners how to contact us at FutureQuake? comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, any last words, bro? Uh,
1: a whole lot of interesting stories that came up all of a sudden. One of on them on your was, computer? Yeah.
0: Well, give us the lead on.
1: Uh, one of them was uh, a thing called the Mohawk Institute. It was a uh, it was uh, it's a It's hair-raising uh- <laughs> it was an institute uh run in Canada by the Church of England and then later the vatican they yeah. they found mass graves underneath it and the whole their whole point was uh to eradicate the uh the indian the mohawk nation okay and uh they it would, it would, they 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 closed the school down in nineteen seventy yeah but they're saying that you know some some bad stuff might have went on under another
0: fine day for a christian yeah cause for
1: the church of england anything else um there were some other ones but that was a real significant eye-opener
0: okay any last words of inspiration for our listeners for man just be sons how about our women out there can they be daughters they can
1: be daughters Okay. okay you look good to god in your wedding dress you know why because it's clean
0: because he makes it clean.
1: Because he makes it clean. Yeah, you don't make it clean. Yeah. He makes it clean. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we need we need to relax and not beat ourselves up. This old flesh has given us its last few kicks. And one of the positive ways you can look at it is that just shows how great grace is.
1: Yeah. Yay, grace.
0: And the flesh is on the way out. You know, we've got to according to how long the Lord tarries for each one of us or for the world, but it's done at that point.
1: Yeah, mine sure is. I'm looking mighty (laughs) old lately.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm feeling pretty old, and I know you are too. You're tired. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for being with us this week for just regular old No Frills Future Quake this week. But uh, we'll be back next week. got a great guest lined up at the end of this month, and actually one next month lined up. Mm -hmm. But until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake.